Welcome back to Working It Out. I am your host, Gabriel Say, and today I've got a very exciting guest for you guys. I've brought in a Mr. Philip Kosumu, who is a serial entrepreneur. So the reason I wanted to bring him onto the show is, like myself, he has had an entrepreneurial mindset from a very young age, and I thought it would be good to pick his brains on his processes, um, his history, how he's created um, his podcast as well, how he's created his businesses, and just really get a feel for the mindset, productivity, and that kind of stuff within the entrepreneurial life, lifestyle, so to speak. Let's get started with the podcast. So today we have fellow entrepreneur on the show. Please welcome Philip Kasumu. I didn't, I didn't butcher the name. No, no, you did it right. You okay, did it right. Good, Kasumu, good. Yeah, well done. <laughs> nice to have you here. But, um, Thanks for having me. Philip also has a podcast called Start Me Up, Hand Me Downs. Start, Start Up, Up, Hand Me Downs. Start sorry. Up, Hand Me Downs. Almost. And a, yeah, almost there. <laughs> and an app called Lyle. Lyle. And yeah. that's being released this year? Has it been released already? It got released last week. Oh, nice. Yeah, over in the States though. Okay. So, early release in New York. Okay. So, explain, tell us a bit about yourself and kind of explain what you do, what the app is about. Yeah. I hate that question. <laughs> uh, you never know what to say. I'm like, oh, I'm just a guy trying to do stuff. Uh, well, let's, let's imagine we're in an elevator. So, who, who's Philip? So, all right. So, I'm a, a tech entrepreneur, podcaster, and nutritional enthusiast. Oh, nice. Those are the key points elevator pitch nice 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 nice. all right so i mean i wanted to get into more the side of things of you know starting a podcast uh business you're big into startups am i right yeah so just a few little questions because everyone has different views on how they view business and how they view success and stuff like that what was your dream career growing up Wow, so my dream career growing up uh, was to be an accountant. Oh, really? <laughs> I know, aiming high. Wait, 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 wait. Was that your parents? No, 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 that, that, was, that was mine. Yeah, that honestly was mine. Uh, just, so I come from a family of six. Wow. And, um, you know, everyone's got different personalities and mm. different career paths that they've chosen. Um, I'm child number five, so I always call myself like the lost child. No one cares about child number five. Like, I'm not the oldest, I'm not the youngest, I'm just somewhere. Just before the last yeah, child, which all the important things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, one of my older sisters used to work in financial services recruitment, and she was like, you need to be an accountant, they get paid the most. So then one of my sisters before, I mean, after that sister became an accountant, and so I went to university and I studied accountancy. So there's a bit of a trend here. And then uh, my brother, my older brother, studied accountancy as well. Um, but he didn't end up becoming an accountant. He's actually an entrepreneur as well. And then my elder sister became an accountant. And I just saw the exam that she had to do. I was like, I don't want to do this. I was like, this looks horrible. <laughs> uh, so I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Um, so I kind of like went into financial services as a consultant for a while. But then I found that my real passion was in fitness. Mm. But then I was like, I don't want to just lift weights forever. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know what to do. So like you said, before the podcast, I started doing like some shows. Mm. Um, I became a qualified trainer. But then I really fell in love with technology as well. So then I thought I could marry the two somehow. So then I think from around, on, let's say, 23, I was like, okay, I want to be a tech entrepreneur. Like, this is the thing I'm yeah. going to do. And I just didn't know what it was going to look like. But... Yeah, I'll say I went from accountant to tech entrepreneur. See, it's, it's so weird because I, I wanted to be an engineer. Oh. So 
well, it's, that's why I said, did, was it your idea or was it your parents? Yeah, idea? yeah, yeah. Because, you know, African parents um, pretty much, yeah, want you to like, push you in a direction. Yeah, doctor, lawyer, accountant. Yeah. But my, my dad was like, because I like maths, I like design technology, I liked science, physics, so he kind of just married it together. So mm. it wasn't like, oh, you have to be an engineer kind right. of thing. So he kind of married it together. And I spent two years doing mechanical engineering and then swapped to motorsport engineering because I wanted more hands-on stuff. Motorsport engineering ended up being less hands-on than mechanical engineering. And I just just hated it. And then, again, I found my love for fitness. And then I went into, like, sales, recruitment, um, car firm warehouse, a few years at Enterprise Car Rental, which was mind-numbing. And then (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, how can I pair my sales skills and fitness together and then that's what kind of created personal trainer because right. I'm selling myself as yeah. you know a trainer kind of thing so it's funny how like you you have a dream to start with and not many people actually end up doing what they set out to do mm. but yeah it's just interesting topic to see where where you came from in the beginning um in terms of like targets i remember when i was i think I was 20 and I said, no, I was 18 and I set a target by the age of 25 that I'd be a millionaire. Yeah. Didn't hit it, but <laughs> did what? Did you set targets for yourself in terms of like, once you realise that I want to be, actually, even before that, before you realised that you wanted to be a tech entrepreneur, did you have any goals that you had set that you, you know, I want to hit this by so-and-so age? Yeah, so I actually wanted to be a billionaire by 25. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, well, I wouldn't have minded, but... Uh, I think the targets at that, at that time was just kind of like get a product out and get like a million downloads. I think I wanted a million downloads mm. from my first app. So I released my first app when I was about 24. Um, I didn't get a million downloads. We got thousands of downloads. We got tens of thousands, but I, I didn't get a million downloads. Um, and that was kind of like a really, it was an interesting point because that's when I kind of like experienced the failure mm. of startups, which I always heard about. I was like, ah, but not me. I won't fail. Like, I've read every book. Like, I know exactly what to do. <laughs> and obviously, it didn't work. Uh, but I think the target I set for myself early on was just, like, really basic ones. Like, quit my job by this date, have mm. X amount of money saved, um, and just, you know, try your, try your hardest and just don't give up. Actually, funny thing about <laughs> money saved. Because I, <laughs> I was in recruitment, yeah. and I was like, it got to a point, I think it was about six months in, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I figured out my exit strategy. I'd already been thinking about how I was going to start the fitness business, which was originally going to be working with kids. Yeah. Um, but that developed. And then I was like, okay, I need this much to leave. And then I'll have this much saved. <laughs> Two months in, that money was gone. Yeah. <laughs> was, that the, was that the same thing? Yeah, I mean, one thing I've learned, the reason why like, I had, the, I guess, the confidence to quit was because I think one entrepreneur told me, like, you're never going to have enough money and it's never mm. going to be the right time. So just quit now or later. Like, you're always going to be screwed eventually. Yeah. So just do it. So in hindsight, I definitely didn't have enough money when I quit. Like, <laughs> of course I didn't. Uh, but I, I just, for some reason, I just didn't, I just didn't care. Yeah. I was like, I'd rather pursue this thing, which I know is going to, like, be beneficial and change the course of my life. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather, like, quit now and just see how it goes. And also, I figured out, so... During that time, that's when I became a qualified trainer as well. Mm. So I was like, okay, if I can get X amount of clients. So that was, again, I guess you can say that was a target. If I can get five clients to train twice a week 
you know, I can maintain a certain level of living. Yeah. And within two months, I had six clients. Nice. So, uh, yeah, that was like the first target that I set after quitting my job. So did you start off in a gym? No, freelance, go to people's houses. Because I, I started off freelance as well. And I remember I, I had all of my, like a lot of my money went on to like promotional materials. So I had flyers, um, business cards, that whole shebang, whatever. I bought equipment and stuff. And I remember the first two weeks I was going up and down Kensington High Street. All around like, uh, what's the other place called? Like down Oxford Street, like this whole area. Mm. And that was the most soul-destroying Really? Yeah. So I did exactly the same thing. It was so, like, I don't know what it was. I don't know if, like, they just were scared of my henchness. <laughs> yeah. Cause, it yeah. was just like, it was it was so difficult. I, were you I, giving I it to, you were going to people? Mm. So I went to, what I did was, I had flyers. I printed off 300, 300 flyers, and I was in, like, the South Woodford area, so East London. Yeah. And I just went door to door. And I just posted it through people's letterbox. See, I did that as well. And I put it in coffee shops. And I just sat down and waited for the phone to ring. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was literally... I was like a... Almost like a charity worker. Yeah. I was like, I was stopping people. Oh, wow. I'd be like... And I'd talk to them for about 15 minutes. And then, you know, like, just try and generate some interest yeah. like that. I mean, I got a few clients off it. I got two two clients from that. Then, just like, going into... Like, me training. And I'll just be like, oh, you could do that a little bit better. And then I'd get yeah. clients that way. But that was... That was hard. <laughs> yeah, personal trainers are hard going. Yeah. I don't think people realise how hard it actually personal is. Personal trainers are entrepreneurs as well. Yeah. I mean, they probably want to call themselves that, but <laughs> you have to be, because you have to go out and get your own sales. Yeah. And you're selling your body. Well, not like that, but <laughs> you're selling, you know. So that's how you got your first thing off. <laughs> so, I asked you earlier, you're, you're quite big on startups. Why? Uh, I think... So when I was starting out, how I kind of like, because I knew nothing about tech or startups or that whole world until I like, I actually like delved in. And I think it was, I only got into that world because I was getting really bored at work. So I started reading articles on LinkedIn. That was really it. <laughs> and then uh, I started reading TechCrunch and I was like, oh my God, what's this? What's going on here? And then you start hearing about all these startups raising like a million dollars and like, I'll check out the website. I'd be like, this is crap. Like, how do they get a million dollars with this? Uh, and then I started reading more and reading more. And that's when I kind of like got the confidence to actually go out and do it on my own. And I guess ever since then, I've just really kind of just taught myself everything I've learned mm. up until this point. So yeah. like from product development to marketing to like anything to do with a startup, I've kind of like had to teach myself. Mm. And I guess through that, I've kind of just kind of just like fallen in love with the whole scene almost, if you, if you will. Yeah. And then um, when I started my own podcast, so Startup Hand-Me-Downs, I kind of started that podcast to to network initially so going into the tech world and trying to like create good connections you have to like network like crazy because yeah. I just didn't know anyone so I thought in order for me to like build up my network of like credible individuals if I start a podcast mm. they're more likely to meet me and give me the advice that I actually want so it's a lot easier to be like hey do you want to come on my podcast and talk about yourself yeah, as opposed to yeah. me hey can you meet me and give me some advice I'm like who the fuck are you <laughs> uh, so but Although some entrepreneurs did say yes, the, the busy ones would be like, no, obviously. So them coming on my show is actually good PR for themselves and, you know, it gets their, their company out and their yeah. story out. And all entrepreneurs love talking about themselves. Trust me. <laughs> Believe me, true. they love it. You know, very ego, <laughs> egotistical. But, um, so yeah, so I kind of started up the podcast with another guy at the time who works for another startup as well because we're like two startup nerds mm. really in the early stages of our career. Um, and it kind of like just spiraled 
from there and like hearing so many inspiring stories and journeys and realizing that you know everyone's story almost starts off the same as mine almost yeah uh it's really encouraging and then um i kind of feel like every step i take forward you kind of want to like paved the way for someone else coming up so within yeah. the startup ecosystem everyone's kind of got this it's like a fiduciary responsibility if you yeah. will to kind of like pay it forward or help someone else who's coming up as well yeah it's kind of like unspoken but everyone does it so yeah. like if you go on to raise 10 million dollars you want to help someone else raise 10 million dollars and tell yeah. someone how you've done it um and that's kind of like the kind of like the culture in start as well in startup mm-hmm. world so I guess from that, that's why I've kind of like fallen in love with the scene because I'm always learning and I'm always trying to like help other people yeah. as well. Who, even though I'm not, I haven't like succeeded yet, I think I know yeah. a thing or two up until this point that can help someone else out in the, like the early stages of their journey as well. I think that's the mistake a lot of people make um, in terms of like when to when to help others, mm. like thinking that you need to be up there. Yeah, because the the fact is like no matter what level you're at you can always help someone even if it is just yeah, like absolutely. going up one step yeah literally so that, I mean that, that's same as me like if I've and that's what my whole YouTube channel is about mm. so I haven't learned everything about fitness I don't know like everything I'll make mistakes sometimes I'll post videos which are like the the information is not 100% there or whatever yeah. but it's still I'm still trying to help people as much as I can yeah. with the information that I've got but with like startups especially mm. um Raising funds. So I seem to be the type of person that I get an idea and I'm like, what's the minimum I can use to start this up? And I'm not even sure if that's the the right way to do it. Um, but that's what I've been doing. That is absolutely the right way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, because when you have an idea in the beginning, you don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. So there's no point trying to like raise a million dollars invest a million dollars in something that is not going to work. Yeah. Like your, your, your first kind of like step should be like validating the concept. Mm. And you have to do that with like the minimal amount of resources as possible. So there's this book I read really early on when I started out called uh, the, uh, the Lean Startup. Mm. And it's all about like building an MVP, so like a minimal viable product. Yeah. So it's like, what can I build very quickly, very rough? It doesn't have to look great. That basically proves out this concept. Yeah. And if... You know, enough people use it and you get some feedback you build on that and you keep like iterating on the product till it gets yeah, like yeah, perfect yeah. but ideally you want to start with like nothing yeah the, le- the little the, 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 the least amount of resources the better yeah yeah that's how you want to start because I started um, True Beast Athletics with pretty sure I, I just scraped together like 300 pounds yeah literally if you see the drawings the drawings that I had for that I sent to the manufacturer it was like a two year old <laughs> yeah well and then that's just developed and I've got better at like rendering on I taught myself how to render stuff on um, illustrator and stuff but it was literally the minimum that I could get to see whether people would actually buy into my concept yeah. and buy into my product and believe the dream that I've got yeah and like for some people it's a case of if it's a tech product you might not even need to build anything maybe it's a landing page that just says a product's coming soon and see how many people sign up yeah you know there's so many ways you can like validate things before you've actually gone out and built them as well yeah and i think a lot of people get that wrong they think oh i need to you know raise 50k or i need to like save up 50k and then i can invest it Mm -hmm. in this thing and it's like it's a waste of time it's probably not gonna work anyway (laughs) i think the biggest (laughs) biggest one is i need to build a website i need to have business cards yeah you need to yeah it's like it's all a waste of time like just prove out your concept yeah. speak to people ask people if they would use something 
you know, there's loads of things you can do. So do you, so with you, do you prefer like more tech stuff or would you, because you, you don't do any like physical products, do you? No. Uh, I prefer tech, I prefer software. Yeah. It's scalable, you know, you can yeah. you know, be in a million people's hands within a few weeks, you know. Yeah. You can't do that with physical product. Well, you can, but it requires a lot more a lot investment. More. Yeah. Uh, that's why I love tech. It's just like, you can actually change a lot of people's lives with it. Yeah. Uh, very quickly. And you mentioned um, you taught yourself marketing. Like, oh, I'm a big advocate of um, teaching myself stuff. And then if I then need to bring someone in to replace me, then that's, you know, that's what I need to do. But in the initial stages, I've taught myself everything. Video editing, Photoshop, um, like pretty much everything I know how to do, I taught myself. Mm. Do you have any recommendations for like books? I'm asking personally. <laughs> books <laughs> for like marketing and stuff. On marketing specifically, I'd say, so the book I'm reading now, The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, is a, it's a classic, uh, very good book. Basically says there's 22 laws to marketing. <laughs> um, there's another book called Traction, very good book. Um, and there's another book called Guerrilla Marketing. I haven't actually read it myself, but apparently that's what the guys at Dropbox read before they, they started Dropbox. Oh, nice. And they literally done exactly what the book said and, you know, Dropbox IPO'd. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think it works. Um, and then I guess in a more general sense, like I mentioned earlier, the Lean Startup is a really good, like, starting ground for anyone who wants to get into startups of any kind not even yeah. just tech any kind of business I think yeah. if, reading the Lean Startup would definitely help a lot okay cool so there you have it there's a list of books which I'm going to head over to WH Smiths and get yeah and there's a, like tons of blogs and YouTube you can watch and stuff yeah. like that yeah I mean Gary V is he's like he's Gary like, V and Eric Thomas are like my my other dads right <laughs> Your, men- your mentors. My mentors. Online right. mentors. I feel like they're more than mentors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know them personally? <laughs> well, no, I met Gary. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Actually, and I did meet E.T. Nice. Did meet E.T. in London. I like E.T., but not... Yeah, he's okay. He shouts too much for me. Oh, really? Yeah, he just a bit too much. I think, like... <laughs> I think what, like... There's a... There's a place you have to be in that he can really bring you out of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, at one point, I was in a really, really dark place that he kind of brought me out of and it's mm-hmm. then it gets to a point where you're like okay so someone else needs to take over and then Gary V popped up and I was like mm-hmm. okay cool let's roll so over the years how's your views on success changed uh, like what, what do you what do you define as I am successful I think it's, I, success is like one of those things that it's never really achieved mm. it's kind of like a continuous journey yeah it can it's like a continuous search of excellence it's like something that's never really attainable not in a bad way like oh you can never be successful but like the truly successful people know that it's like you don't success is not this place that you reach it's a it's a journey Mm. it's a process like i interviewed one of the co-founders recently of hellofresh yeah and you know hellofresh of ipo they're like worth four billion dollars and he still got a side hustle you know yeah. he's still trying to work on this new thing and he's still working on something on the side and he's got this other thing that he's learning and he's trying to do this he's trying to do that and I think you realise you, you never stop and when you do stop that's actually like when you start getting like depressed and it's a downward spiral from there yeah, yeah. So I think for me success is like it's no longer like this monetary value or this size of the company or how much money you raise it's kind of like this process of 
how much can I learn? How much can I give back? Mm-hmm. Um, how many people can I bring up as well yeah. along the journey? Um, I think that's kind of like my view of success now as opposed to before is like, oh, I need to create a billion dollar company. Yeah. It is. It's not that binary anymore. Yeah. I think that's the same as me. Like I used to think that, you know, if I hit a million by 25, then, you know, I'm set. I'll retire. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that will go very quickly. I learned about taxes really early on. Yeah. Yeah. Millions won't get you anywhere. But like now, success is figuring out what your ideal process is. Mm. And just hustling within that process. So, like, you know, I love making YouTube videos. For now, my process is being the best filmmaker, YouTuber, giving the best information, and then starting up True Beast Athletics system, yeah. you know, creating the best products that I can, but enjoying that process and just waking up happy every day. Yeah, that's ultimately what it is, right? Like, I always say I'm more successful than my friends who like work in the city and whatnot because they hate it. Yeah. <laughs> they actually hate what they do. Yeah, they might make some money, but they hate what they do. So I, I'm like, I get to wake up and come in and do a podcast today. Yeah, yeah. You know, like this is part of my life. Yeah. This was on my calendar. Like, yeah. how many people can say this is on their calendar on a Thursday morning? Like, I get to do what I want to do. Exactly. Uh, I decided to move to New York in 2016, and I yeah. moved to New York, and it was like part of the journey. And it's like I was in New York for two years and. You know, you can even argue that I can say that I'm actually successful now because I'm doing the things that I want to do. Yeah. You know, so it's all about perspective. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Because I know it's like some people who work jobs like, I don't know, cleaning and they love it. Yeah. They have their lifestyle that they want. They have the amount of money that they want and they're, they're happy doing what they do. They yeah. love their process. Yeah. So success is, yeah, very subjective. Um, but your what's your definition on the mindset of an entrepreneur the definition of the mindset of an entrepreneur mm-hmm. I think it's just someone who uh, who's just extremely tenacious who has a vision um, and will do whatever it takes to get to you know to get the desired outcome like yeah. whatever it takes that's what an entrepreneur is because I think a lot of people say like I remember in your, I remember filling out a CV Mm. Um, no it was in school when we had to do like you know practice CVs and stuff and everyone was like tenacious and putting all these words in like oh but none of them actually resonated with them like they they wouldn't they wouldn't do it if for example if I said oh so you want to be in so and so movie but you have to do this and Mm. you're like and I want to do it I want to do it and then you're like but I won't do it if I have to do this you didn't want it that badly in the first place yeah because if you know, unless it's like chopping my hand off, if it's something that I have to give up to get to where I want to get to, then I will do it. Yeah. And you have to just have, I feel like you just have to have that drive consistently every day, even when you're like rock bottom. Yeah. And I think that's that's the biggest test of character yeah. with an entrepreneur. You need to be able to ride out the storm. Yeah, I think entrepreneurs, you know, it might sound cliche, but they have to be, they're passionate. Yeah. You know, and if you actually look at I actually found this out recently. If you look at the Greek term for passion, where it came from, it means willing to struggle for. Mm. So a lot of people, you know, point their CVs like, I'm passionate about, you know, recruitment. I'm passionate about... I'm like, are you willing to struggle? (laughs) That's what you're saying, basically. Like, you're willing to struggle for X. So I think entrepreneurs have to be passionate because, you know, it's hard. It's very, very hard. You know, trying to create something from nothing, trying to go from zero to 100, it takes a lot of effort. Yeah. And what, what's your what's your views on like work life balance? 
because I so this came around because I was listening to a another podcast it was an interview with Dorian Yates and they asked him the same question what do you think about the work-life balance and he was like people preach all of this stuff about work-life work-life but if you want to be the best at something work-life goes out the window yeah I mean is how how true is that to you yeah it's pretty yeah yeah, pretty much on every day (laughs) (laughs) all day yeah I I don't I mean you have to find a balance it's like there I don't think there's any like hard and fast rule for work-life balance like you should finish working at six o'clock and that's Mm. it right no I work till midnight but that's just life, you know. But I might start later than someone else, or I might like have a extended lunch break or a dinner in between that time, or like yeah. I'll make time for some certain people throughout the day. But the last thing I'm doing before I go to bed is like planning out the day the next day, yeah. catching up on emails, maybe doing it. Like on, I remember last week I had a call with my lawyer, my IP lawyer in New mm. York at midnight on a Friday night. Just because of time difference. Like, yeah. that's what has to be done. That has to be done, you know? Yeah. There's no balance in that, but <laughs> it has to be done. So, uh, I don't know. I think it depends, like, how, how bad do you want it? Uh, I think the whole notion of, you know, work-life balance, when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting stuff, you have to, you just have to put in more hours than everyone yeah. else. Like, everything, it's just so hard. There's so many things, so many plates spinning at any given time. You just have to do whatever it takes. Yeah. You know? I think Elon Musk was like, if someone is working 50 hours a week, and someone else is working 100 hours a week, they basically get twice as much done in a year than that other company has yeah. done. So that's how you got to see it. So I think people confuse the whole work-life balance. Like when he said that, I was like, yeah, that's very true. You have to you have to put your all into something, otherwise it's, nothing will really flourish from it. Then I was thinking, so how does this work with like kids? Because people are always like, oh, I need to make time for kids and stuff like that. And like with me having Elijah now, I'm like, you know, how does that... I can't really just cut him off kind of thing so yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah you can't do you that know, so, okay so bye and then yeah. I'm out but it's you know the work-life balance there is regardless of how much time I have that day and I think because then I brought in what Gary V said so if I wake up like I'm always up at half five six mm. um, he wakes up at six thirty so then I have my hour to myself plan the day yeah. and then but no matter how long I'm awake and no matter and how long I have to work as long as I get everything done that I said I was going to do yeah. in that time, yeah. then I can go to the park with him at 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I, I can, you know, give him his dinner. I can give him his bath yeah. and that kind of thing. So it's, that's where I think work-life balance happens. But I think when people look at entrepreneurship, they're like, <laughs> especially when the four-hour work week came out mm. and everyone's like, no one really read the book. Yeah, and no one really understood no it. They're just yeah. like, oh, four-hour work, working four hours a week? Yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Not realising that it's just, it's, that's not the reality of mm-hmm. it. It's just kind of like an analogy. So then from that book, everyone thought that you didn't have to work as many hours, but mm. it's the fact that you just need to put in X amount of hours to make sure you're getting the maximum productivity. Yeah. To then... Of course, and it's all about like working smarter, not harder exactly, as well, right? Exactly, Some people are just like, oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. Yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> like, you're like, busy doing, doing, what? doing what? You know, you're just <laughs> you living in your inbox. They're on like yeah. Instagram. It's crazy, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think... I think, yeah, work-life balance is all about, like, making sure you're executing on tasks. Mm. Um, and it's not about, like, killing yourself, like, yeah. all day long, like, oh, I can't do nothing else. Like, yeah. you have to live your life yeah. during the process. Like, I think that's what part of the process is about. You can't just be heads down for 10 years yeah. and then look up and before you know it, Elijah's off to uni. Yeah, yeah, You know, like, it's like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> where, where, like where was I? You have yeah. to, like, be in the moments when you need to be in the moment. But, yeah. Um, 
but yeah it's all about yeah just figuring out what works best for you and mm. like if you're being effective and you're leveraging other things and you're doing the things that you're good at and you've got the right team around you yeah uh, you know leveraging those skills I think team like you mentioned team that's the one thing that I am mm. poor at yeah I'm re- like a, what delegating yeah I'm so so bad yeah it's horrible like it's it's the that's the hard like building a team for one and then delegating to that team is like ridiculously rubbish for me I want to do everything myself yeah. if it's not produced the same way that I do it then I get really and you know that's a real real thing that I need to address mm. um, I mean how do you I mean do you have a team around you now with like the, the new app and that kind yeah. of thing yeah so we have uh, we have an engineer we have a dietitian we have a part time designer uh, we have a content creator and then I've got a bunch of advisors uh, around mm. me but um, it's hard. It's it has been hard because again, I try and do everything myself. I'm like, oh, no one's gonna do it the way I'm gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> Just need to get over yourself, really. Yeah. Uh, you're good at one thing or maybe two things, and you're like, you can't be good at everything. Yeah. And the more that you put into the product, or the more you you don't delegate, you're like you actually do more damage to the company than any good. Right? Mm. Like I had a session yesterday with a bunch of product managers, um, just going through the product. Uh, of Lyle and getting their feedback and insight yeah um, and I was they were like who does this side I was like I do that they're like why the hell are you doing that I was like I don't know <laughs> and they're like you should not be anywhere near this uh, and they were right you know I'm not a product person I shouldn't be doing anything to do with the product like mm. I, I can talk about vision and where the company should go but I need someone else to actually like reverse engineer that and you know, work out the steps that it needs to be to get to that point. Yeah. I shouldn't be anywhere near that process. Oh, I should be in like that meeting and then leave. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's a tough thing to do sometimes. Mm. Um, but you have to like literally learn and get over it. It's just so difficult. Like even like things like, like I said about the marketing, I'll try and do like the newsletters and then I'm trying to design the clothes and then I'm trying to like literally everything. I'm just trying to yeah. like pound it out. Yeah, one thing I learned uh, is that, you know, everything that you're trying to do is someone else's full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there is someone who does email newsletters for one company. There's someone who does product. There's someone who does design. Like you trying to do all of those things, it's, it's just not going to work. Yeah. Uh, you know, someone's job is content marketing. Someone's job yeah. is social media. You trying to do all of that you're going to be stretched yeah um, and it's not going to be executed well I think like especially when starting out so like funding to be able to bring up like to create mm. teams like that what would you what would your best recommendation be for like building a team where you don't have the money basically mm. uh, good question um, so in the early days you want to kind of like ultimately you want to bring people on who share the same vision as you mm. Um agree that you're the right person to like drive that vision forward and then yeah. if they agree with all of that then bring them on maybe on as like co-founders maybe give them some equity in the business maybe yeah. like sweat equity um you know make it part-time initially you know work around their schedule and then as the company grows you know they'll hopefully grow with the company and stick with the company yeah. but in the early days you know you give people equity because that's what you've got to yeah, pay them yeah. with. um and there's nothing wrong with that uh, i know a lot of people are like oh i want to earn 100 percent I was tell people what's a hundred percent of zero. Yeah. <laughs> you want a hundred percent of zero, and you want you know fifty percent of something that's actually successful and runs efficiently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I always go with the latter. Nice. See, this is great advice. This is great. this is like <laughs> this is 
I'm trying to word it like you know I'm, I'm giving it all for the people listening but yeah, this, this is like I'm taking some of this in as well <laughs> yeah also another thing that I learned from a guy I had on my show so this is one of the co-founders of WeWork uh, mm. the well, office space oh yeah, yeah. Um, so he said in the early days you should have an appreciation for every department of your company so I think it's good that you do everything mm. like but you should ultimately have like 20% knowledge of every department so when you do go and hire you still understand yeah. the role yeah. So it's it's almost a good thing that you do everything in your company now, but it's going to get to a point where you're going to have to hire someone in. Um, so as long as you understand at least like twenty percent of that role, that's good enough for you to go out and hire and know what to look for. Yeah, 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 makes sense. As we kind of come to the end of this chat, what systems do you put in place to make sure that you're staying productive? You know, like everyone has their. I do this at this time, I do this at this time, and that's the regular thing. I think one of the hardest things that I've found is trying to find a schedule that I can be consistent with in an inconsistent world mm. with a kid. Yeah, and a wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I have neither, so yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can be helpful in that sense. But uh, I'm not really a good systems person, but there's things I do. For example, so... Uh, I try not to live in my inbox I think a lot of people always fall into that rabbit hole of like checking their inbox every five minutes like that's not work you know I was listening to a podcast recently um, and he said you know we live in a world now where everyone is trying everything is distracting us you know text Mm. messages social media emails you got slack like internal communication tools between teams it's like a waste everything's a waste of time basically yeah in order to do like real deep work you need to like cut everything off and like focus for like an hour and a half or two hours to like get real stuff done yeah so i try and um like even checking your emails that should be like a thing on your calendar so i have three times where i check my emails throughout the day yeah um so i'm just not like living in my inbox because nothing's really ever going to be that urgent if you think no. about it. No, no text message is that urgent. No WhatsApp group is that urgent. No, nothing is that oh, urgent. WhatsApp groups. Oh, I don't even have. Don't even get me started. Um, I have no notifications on my phone. So if you text me, I see it when I see it. That is I genius. Have, like no social media notifications at all. Nothing. I check when I check. Um, phone is on do not disturb between nine and six. So if you try and call me. It's going to go to voicemail. Really? Yeah, straight away. What about like, it? Like, do you have a different line for like... No. In... Wow. Everything goes to voicemail. Leave a voicemail. I'll check the voicemail. If it's an urgent voicemail, I'll I'll pick it. I'll call you back. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, you can't call me throughout the day. Because I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to focus, man. There's yeah. so many things that have to get done. So many things. Um, and then it's like, this guy was also saying that there's actually the same amount of energy that's required in like checking something quickly and actually doing like real work it requires the same energy yeah so every time you check a text or check an email or check something the amount of like brain energy that goes into responding and reading it is the same amount of energy that goes into actually doing real work so mm. every time you stop doing the deep work you kind of have to like work that energy back up every time yeah which is why you find you get distracted easily you can't focus you're stressed out you're not actually executing on anything yeah so it's like Count all the distractions, focus on the task at hand, and then check those things. So that's kind of like, like the that. general sense throughout the day. That is that is pretty genius. Because like sometimes I'll, I'll I'll get an email and it will be like someone just wants to exchange something. Yeah. 
and <laughs> I got an email the other day they're like oh I want to exchange this the size wasn't right or whatever but I really also like that green t-shirt that you were wearing that you were wearing in the video I haven't made a green t-shirt <laughs> it was a colour grading that made yeah. it look slightly green and it just, immediately just made me think oh and then I just got frustrated and then I have to respond to it then I feel like I have to respond to it then yeah no you don't and I didn't ha- I didn't have to check my emails you didn't have time. to like maybe you just like set times like okay I'm going to do returns and exchanges at this time I'm going to do new orders at this time I'm going to do uh, customer service at, like you, that's how you should be setting the day out because mm. if you're like doing exchanges at one point and then you're doing this and then you're doing that you're like a stretch you're not focusing on anything yeah um, and you'll be way more inefficient that way wow see nuggets nuggets <laughs> right here again like super gold platinum nuggets <laughs> yeah, I try and like I just try and time block each part of the day that's yeah. usually how I do it like dedicating an hour and a half or two hours to like specific tasks yeah so like oh I'm going to do product for two hours oh I'm going to do you know fundraising for Fundraising usually takes the whole bloody day. Um, so yeah, there's, you know, just set parameters, time block, and try and cut out as many distractions as possible. Nice, nice. And just to kind of wrap it all up, um, one of the things that Gary V says, which, you know, he he's a big believer of working with like ethnic minorities and stuff. And the direction that, almost, I want to, take the podcast in is like just equality in general um but i feel sometimes we feel as a black person that you know you won't have the same opportunities and one thing that gary v said was modern day entrepreneurship doesn't care about color creed nothing if your product is good enough you will win Mm. how true how true i agree with that to some extent to some extent. <laughs> I always have a bit of an issue when rich Jewish guys talk about ethnicity like that, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> but I think I think it's true to an extent. Mm. Like, if you create something great, people will use it. No one really cares. But I think on the flip side, when you're thinking... Like, for example, fundraising. That's not so true because the data shows that less than 1% of venture capital goes to actual people of colour, you know. Mm. That's a $60 billion industry and less than 1%. So there's obviously something wrong there. Um, But ultimately, I think on a grand scheme of things, he is right. Like, if you create something that is good, that actually adds value to people's lives, you know, people will use it. So, yeah, I think that's that's true to some extent. But again, there's a whole other world where, you know, people need to get funded to do certain things or to scale certain things. And then if people aren't getting funded because it is hard as a as a black male, um, there's obviously some stuff that's outside of your control as well. Yeah. Nice. I think that was it's a very nice way to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for coming on. Oh, it's thanks been, for having me. We've had a lot of nuggets dropped. And um, yeah, take the advice. I know I'm going to be taking some of the advice as well and implementing it into my my journey as an entrepreneur as well cool excellent i'm excited (laughs) i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast i want to give a huge huge thanks to philip for coming to the office once again and having this chat with us i not only feel like he's provided value to you but i've also taken a lot of information myself stuff that i can change within my day-to-day life productivity time management all those little golden nuggets and I'm definitely going to be checking out those marketing books. So once again, thanks for Philip for coming down. Don't forget to subscribe and also leave a five-star rating. Thank you very much. 
And until next time, I'm Gabriel Say, and let's continue working out together.